So as you guys head back to your seats, um, I just want to say, man, it is good to be here. Um, it's good to have you guys here. And for those of you who don't know me, um, my name is Ryan Getzman, and I'm one of the student interns here this summer. Um, and I've honestly just had such a blast um, spending time with you guys this summer, um, getting to learn with you, especially as we've walked through uh, this series, um, Better Together, and then just all the fun activities we've done um, afterwards. So, um, so coming up on a year ago, this past August, um, I don't know if any of you guys remember, but Hurricane Harvey came and hit um, the town of their city of Houston. And what it did is it just brought so much water into the city of Houston, um, and, and on top of their um, water management being pretty tough, the, the city just filled up with some areas of six to eight feet of water. And so homes were just flooded. Uh, they were um, underwater for more than like two to three weeks. And so people were just pushed out and everything. And so at that time, I was in a Bible program and with about 65 other students. And a few months after Harvey happened, um, we decided that we wanted to go we wanted to go um, to the city of Houston and go serve them. And so we loaded up into uh, a bunch of these charter buses, and, and we made our way down there. And so there was a little unsettledness that I had. I was like, how in the world are 65 students going to serve people effectively? Like, we have a bunch of different giftings. We have um, a bunch of different styles. Like, how is that going to come together? And so there's a little bit of uneasiness there, but what I didn't realize is that in between that, the time that we would spend together, the time that we'd spend serving, and the impact that we would have, the real thing that I came away with is like, man, that was, that was life-giving. And so as we have been walking through this series better together, uh, throughout Scripture, we see that, that, that God continually addresses us um, in a plural form. He, he continually says, consider how we, or let us continue. And so he's, he's, he's often referring to the body, his people together. Um, and so we want to take a look at that and see like, man, what does God have in store for us through the way that we can serve um, together? And I really want to flip um, kind of our perception that we have uh, of serving. And I think that when it comes to serving, the word serve isn't super uh, attractive to say or to think about. And so often we're like, man, I don't want to go out and serve. Like, I don't think we wake up in the morning and be like, yep, ready to serve today. Like, let's, let's go. Um, I don't think that's our perception. I think it can sometimes just be a task. It can be kind of dull um, in our minds. Um, but really I want, to, I want to flip that and say that, that, that serving is it, it's life-giving. It should add color. It should bring um, life to not only um, you guys if you're serving, but also to the person who's being served. And so today we're going to look at our main passage is Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. And so it's going to be on the main screen behind me um, the whole time. And so we're going to read uh, verses 1 through 2. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by the testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. And so here, the, the author of, of Romans, Paul, comes to this like climatic moment where um, he, he says, hey, take, take look, look at what Christ has done in view of everything that God has done. 
and, and, the, and the cross and sending Jesus and what he's done for us, now, now this is how we're supposed to live. We're supposed to live with a renewed mind. We're supposed to live in service to God. It says, live as a living sacrifice. And so we want to take that thought that Paul has and really apply it to what we want to learn here today. And so my first point that I have is we are saved to serve. We are saved to serve. And so you might be thinking, what does that mean? But Galatians 5.13 says, For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. And so if you guys, if you guys think back onto Jesus' ministry um, through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, his whole ministry is, is built on the essence that Jesus came to serve us. And he came to be a servant to us. Mark 10.45 says, uh, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And so this is, this is what Jesus did. Before we were even able to serve, Jesus first served us. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever read the story, but in John chapter 13, the night before Jesus um, is crucified, he's in, the, he's in this room with his disciples, his 12 closest men. And, and he's before them, and he's telling them about the events that are eventually, uh, what's going to happen. But before that, he, he kneels down before them, and he washes their feet. He kneels down before them and washes their dirty, their grimy feet. I don't know about you, but feet are gross, one. And I know you all have stinky feet. So, I mean, that's, uh, Jesus did that. He did that for his disciples to symbolize the way that he came to serve us. And not only that, but he took the robe off his waist, and then he dried their feet. And so this was just an incredible picture of, of what Jesus said was ultimately to come. I've come to serve you. I want to, you to visibly see that now, but ultimately it's going to be the cross. And so that's what Jesus did for us, is that he left a place of, of privilege. He left a place of, of power, um, and he came, came down to this earth humbly to serve us. Uh, he set aside his rights, and when he came humbly to the place of darkness, um, he lived that perfect life that we could not live. Um, he lived in, in a way um, that uh, when, when he died on the cross and rose again, it said that, man, the, the righteousness of Christ is good enough for you, and that we can accept that, and that we have ability to claim that. And so that's the freedom that Galatians is talking about. He said, you were called into freedom. That's the freedom that Christ had purchased for us. So why? Why would, why would God um, do this for us? Why would he send Jesus? And this is the beautiful thing, is that, that God sent Jesus because of his love for us. Um, in Romans it says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. And then there's John 3.16. You all have probably heard that, seen that written on many places. But um, it's, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And so this is why, this is why uh, Christ came. This was a heart behind it. He wanted to serve us in order um, that we um, could serve others, but really that we could have a relationship with him. And so the motive behind um, why we serve is love. Love is the motive for serving. Um, this is why we serve, because Jesus served us perfectly by becoming sin for us, by taking God's wrath upon himself, taking our sin, and then nailing it to a cross. 
um, so that we can live in that freedom. And so this is so important. We have to know the heart behind why we serve, why the good news of Jesus um, should compel us to serve. Um, And like Galatians 5.13 says, to love through serving. And so when we genuinely acknowledge that, I think when we acknowledge that, man, we were we are saved to serve and to serve God through serving others. And love is the motive for serving. Too far. So, hey, I just want to confess. Um, you know, oftentimes I, I don't necessarily have the desire to serve. Sometimes there's that, that laziness within me that's like, man, I really don't want to do that. Or maybe I'm not too fond of my neighbor, so I don't want to go and serve them. Or maybe I'm just indifferent to the situation. And, and um, man, if, we, if, if I have a proper understanding of the gospel, that changes that, that whole thought process. Um, and so, guys, if we don't have a proper understanding on, on why we serve, I think we'll become burnt out and bitter in the end. Like, we'll just be, we'll just be done. Like, we'll just be tired of, of, of doing that. And so, I think our culture today it says around us that when I serve— um, I, I should get something back for my investments and for my efforts in return. That when I serve someone, I expect something in return. It's like, I'll serve you, but there's some strings attached. Like, you got, you got, I have to give something in return um, from you. And so when I searched my own heart and then kind of found some false motives in my life um, of why I've served in the past, it all kind of falls under um, this umbrella that I serve with the expectation to receive something in return. And how, how that might be played out is I, I serve for recognition. I found myself believing that false motive that, um, you know, I wanted to be recognized as a good person. I want to be recognized as going out there and, and doing the right things. Maybe it's because I, I wanted to feel value, intrinsically good about myself um, because, man, I checked that box. I served, you know, two, two hours this week. Or maybe it's because I want approval. I want to feel uh, value. I want people's compliments to say, man, Ryan, thanks for, you know, thanks for coming out today. Or maybe it's I, I want to impress God. Maybe I, I want to impress God by how many times I serve or how often I serve. Or just say, God, look what I have done. Um, but what's, what's at the bottom of that? Um, all, those are, all those are lies. Like, we, Christ has freed us to just serve lovingly. We don't have to worry um, about serving with false motives because in Christ, he has sealed our approval. He has um, sealed our, our recognition, that our recognition comes from God and him alone. And so, um, with that in mind, that, that um, we, are, we are saved to serve, love is the motive for serving, um, what does that require of us? And so, let's go back to Romans 12, and we're going to go to verse 3, which says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. And so, the, my first, the first requirement for, or one of the requirements for serving is humility. What this passage is really just saying is just calling us to think realistically about ourselves. Um, our biggest barrier in serving is our own selfishness. It says, you know, I want what's best for me. I want to do um, what my, I want my agenda to be around. Um, I want to place my needs before others. But life together doesn't thrive when I'm me-centered. 
or when you know you guys are me-centered. That's why relationships struggle because of sin, because of selfishness. That's why families are broken because of selfishness. Um, and Scripture tells us that that's not how we're supposed to live, and that's not the life that Jesus led. In Philippians two, six through seven, says that who though referring to Jesus, he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men. And so what did we just sing about in, in uh, reckless love? That, that Christ um, gave himself away. He emptied himself. He poured himself out for us. And so um, this is just the, the attitude that we have to have, is that Christ wasn't about his status and his agenda, but he was about um, God's, um, God's plan for redemption. He was about us, and about, about loving and bringing us to um, a holy God. And so here's the thing. Pride will never serve others, and pride will never allow to be served. And so I don't know about you guys, but man, that second part, that, that's hard for me. That's hard for me to allow myself to be served um, because I naturally have a tendency to want to work hard, to put my head down, to do it on my own. And so um, I don't know if you guys remember, a couple weeks ago we had the barn party. Um, outside, and so one of, when we were setting up for that, uh, an FBC student came up to me and was like, hey man, uh, you, need, you need help with anything? Um, and in that moment, I, I really didn't need um, any help. Like, I, I had it on, on my own, I guess you could say. So I said, no thanks, and um, he went on to, to see where else he maybe needed. And so I didn't really think about it at that point. Um, but then um, it comes to the end of the night, and we're cleaning up, and that same student comes back up to me, and he says, he says, hey, can I help you with anything? And this time it's like, mm, maybe I could use some help or not. But, but my pride, my pride got in the way and said, no, I don't need any help. And I really could have used um, some of his help. But when I said no thanks, right there in that moment, I noticed like I saw him like visibly deflate. And, and, what, I, and what I learned from that, what, what I was convicted of in that moment, was that in that moment I robbed him of the opportunity to, to serve, to serve me. I robbed him of the opportunity to serve, and then I choked um, an opportunity out for us to just share, to spend time with together, to get to know one another. And so serving is, is, is more than just doing tasks. It's, it's also an opportunity to share time with one another. And I also made the mistake of, of just denying someone a willingness to serve. And, and so that's um, the second requirement I have is just that it, it takes a willingness to serve. When we make ourselves available to, to God and to be used by him, he's going to use us in incredible ways uh, for his kingdom, for his purposes. And so we need to have a humility and just a willingness to serve. And notice none of these require ability. None of this is like based on our talents. This is just simply a posture and then, and then a hunger to, to go and to do. And so then in, in, in light of all that, how, how do we have the responsibility to serve one another? So if you guys would go back to me to Romans chapter 12, and we're going to look at verse 4, and then uh, read through verse 8. It says, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another, having the same gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving... 
the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, and the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. And so the key, the key verse there is in verse 6, which says, um, according to the grace given to us, let us use them. Let us use our gifts. And so that leads me to my next point, is that God has gifted us to serve one another. God has gifted us to serve one another. And so, um, just like the text says, man, we, there are many members to one, one body. Like, we have two arms, two legs, all play a central role in that. And I look around this room, and not one of us is the same. And I, I'm talking about, like, more than just, like, physical looks. Like, we all look different, but I'm talking about, like, God has made us different by the way he's given us different interests, different crafts, and he's given us different, different spiritual gifts to use um, to, be, to build up this body. Um, and so he's gifted us in three main, or uh, three different ways. He's gifted us with time. He's gifted us with uh, treasure. He's gifted us with talent. And so time is just, hey, we have 24 hours in a day. We have this amount of time that, that God has given us to invest well, to invest for his kingdom and to serve one another. And so I know many of you guys have busy academic schedules, you're playing lots of sports, but yet you still choose to be here, you still choose to go and serve on the weekends, um, and so like, that's, that's awesome, I appreciate like seeing that in you guys. And then treasure, um, this is like, man, what has God blessed me with, maybe materially? Um, I know you guys probably don't have like full-time jobs yet, but you have some sort of maybe income, or you have a car, like how can I use my car to to, to serve someone and to take them somewhere, um, maybe to school, maybe, um, you know, out to eat or something like that. And then talents. God has personally, per- personally gifted each and every single one of you. Um, he has given us gifts um, for his purposes, for his kingdom, um, that, that we can serve his eternal purpose. And so we have common gifts, like uh, you guys, some of you guys in this room are super artistic, or creative. Maybe you're good with numbers and math, or maybe good with your hands. Like, you can just build something really, really well. Uh, But God has gifted us spiritually, and this is what this text in Romans is saying, is he's given us spiritual gifts, such as, like, mercy, or serving, um, shepherding, hospitality, um, etc. And so, these are used, God has given this to us to be a blessing to others. 1 Peter 4.10 says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. And so this is just a further saying, this is pretty straightforward. It's like we are, we are to use our gifts to serve one another. So it kind of begs the question. It's like, well, what happens when I don't use my gifts? What happens when I, I don't serve the way that God has designed us to serve? In 1 Corinthians 1226 says, if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. And so what this is saying is that when we don't serve, when we don't invest our gifts into one another, um, man, we hurt one another. We hinder us together. And so we're actually, um, it's actually a detriment. Um, but what, what are our gifts supposed to do? And Ephesians 412 helps us to say, man, our gifts are, are to build one another up. Uh, they're to serve the body of Christ. And so God has gifted us um, to serve 
so that uh, we are better together when each person, when each of you guys uh, do your part. Um, have you guys ever heard of a potluck dinner or been to a potluck, potluck dinner? If you don't recognize that word, just think feast, okay? Like, I mean, you're about ready to chow down. And so at a, at a, at a potluck dinner, um, everybody has a specific role, that, or not literal role, but like a, uh, everybody has a specific meal that they're supposed to, supposed to bring. So someone might be bringing the chicken, someone might be bringing uh, the mashed potatoes, the, the green beans, um, you know, the plates, the forks, the drinks, etc. And when we're going to have a feast, what if someone doesn't bring the chicken? It's like, man, there's a huge gap. Like, I don't want to, I can't miss that. Or what if someone doesn't bring the green beans? Like, I don't think you're like, man, I, I don't like vegetables, but all those play a central role um, for us. So this is a picture of the body, is that when we come together, we invest our gifts well. It's like, man, we can truly enjoy and have life together. That, that we, can, we can have fun around the dinner table. We can have fun around the table together, essentially, when we use our gifts. And so as verse 6 says, use them, put them into practice um, in that way. And so there might be two camps that we could be in when you hear me talk about this. One might be, it was like, man, I don't know if, I don't think God is going to use my gifts. I don't think that, that he would use my gifts. But if we go back to First um, Peter uh, 4.10, it says, as, um, as each has received a gift. It doesn't say, as each may. So you can have confidence in that, that, God, has, that God has gifted you. And, and he says that you are his workmanship, created for Christ Jesus for good works. And so we can have confidence in that. Uh, the second one might be, uh, many of us aren't aware of our gifts. You're like, Ryan, you read, through, you read through those spiritual gifts, and I'm like, I don't really know what those mean. I don't know which one I am or which, one I, which ones I have. And I would, I would challenge you, encourage you, uh, ask your mentor, ask your parent, ask a close friend or family member, who's, uh, you know, how am I naturally blessing um, those around me? And what do you, how do you see me serving others naturally? Um, and so this is, this is, I think, the heart behind student impact that, that Tim and the team is putting into place, is that we want you guys to be aware and confident of your gifts so that you can build into one another, um, that, you can, that, you can, that you can come to this church body and, and know that you play a significant role, that you aren't on the sidelines, but you're on the playing field with us, that together we're on the playing field, and uh, we each play that vital role, uh, not only just here in Surge, but as a church on a, as a whole, like on Sundays and on Saturdays. And so I just want to acknowledge, um, so when people ask me, Ryan, what's, what's something that's really stood out to you this summer? And I would say uh, one of the things that's really stood out to me this, uh, this summer is just, is just seeing you guys serve one another. Uh, is seeing this, this body serve um, at SKSK earlier this summer, seeing you guys serve um, on the mountain trip, seeing you guys serve here in the church. And I want to say, that's, that's really encouraging. Like, that's awesome. And, and continue in that. And for you guys who are younger, like, continue doing that as well. Look up to the guys, uh, the guys and girls who are older in the way that they're serving and want to model that. And so what, what is the fruit of serving? So we've looked at, um, you know, we, we, are, we are saved to serve um, and, we, and love is a motive for serving when we have a willingness and a humility. What does that, um, what does that produce? What are we coming down to? And so uh, my last point, oh, I didn't, 
skip the part there. So let's back up. So how do we practically serve one another? And so this is a, this is a, this is a cool part too, don't worry. So um, how, how can we discover opportunities to invest our gifts to serve one another? Um, and the first one is just seeing. You're like, well, that's kind of obvious. But hey, what I mean by that is, is are we looking, are we having the eyes to see um, where needs are? And then when we see it, are we going to take the initiative to go serve? And so seeing is just simply could be asking, how can I help? How can I help? Uh, and then the next one is listening. Uh, you know, once we see, are we going to listen to understand how someone needs to be, can be served? And then listen to see, like, man, how can we invest our, our gifts um, to encourage them? And then thirdly is, like, the application of that. Uh, in, in the church, we use this kind of expression, being the hands and feet of Jesus. Really what that means is we're going to put traction to our faith. We're going to say, hey, we're going we're gonna to go out, and because of what Christ has done for us, we're going to go serve. And we want, we want to do that. And so that's what we did when we were down in Houston. It's like, man, we've been studying God's word, and, and we, need to go, we need to go serve. But how can 65 of us serve at one time? Well, it's like, well, you take on a big project. So you go down to Houston. And so we did that. Um, and that was just an awesome, awesome time uh, for, for us, um, really because we didn't know each other that well. And so during that time, we got to see each other's gifts play out and how that really was beneficial uh, but then we also um, really got to be encouraged because, um, yeah, it just brought us a lot of life. And so what's, what's the application, what's the fruit of serving when we boil it down, when we come down to the end of it, what is it? And so here we go, last point. Serving gives life to us and to one another. Life, serving gives life to us and to one another. So when we serve with the love of Christ, when we, when we serve, uh, um, it becomes a powerful bridge for the gospel to walk across. It becomes a powerful bridge for us to share um, the love of Jesus with friends, families, neighbors. Um, because just like when we were in Houston, we were coming around and we were, I mean, we were gutting out houses who, ha- who had been sitting in mold for like three months. And the people there were just like, I mean, they were like on the verge of hopelessness. Like, am I ever going to see my house be, be back, be restored. And people were coming out of the woodworks like, hey, what are, you, what are you here for? Where are you from? What's your motive? Like, why, why are you here? And we were able to share Christ with them. And so in that, that brought us a lot of life because we got to share, hey, what am I doing? Um, and we got to see the joy on their faces um, as, as we got to serve them. And so people ask why when we serve. And we get to tell them uh, the story, the reason behind um, why we serve. And so, guys, it's important to even understand that, that serving just isn't a, a bunch of uh, tasks. It isn't like something that should be um, dull or just like kind of this unattractive word or thing we want to do. But when we truly serve one another, um, it, it, it's not just black and white. It's not just this bland color, but it, it, it's like it adds color. It brings life to us and to one another. And so when we serve one another, it you know, doing a bunch of stuff just doesn't impact people. Like, the things we do um, by itself just doesn't impact people. What does impact people um, is the heart and love behind why you serve. And, and so that's, uh, that's where that motive um, for serving comes in. And so as we conclude here, my challenge for you guys is just to see, hey, what, um, you know, am I, 
serving in a way that is life-giving or is serving life-giving to me? Do I, do I see it like that? Or is it just something where it's like, man, I got to go do this? Or am I, am I seeing that, man, this, this brings me life and I see the life it's bringing in others? Um, and then just a question, do I know my gifts? Um, do I have a recognition of that? Um, and so I would just challenge you to, to ask yourself that too. And if you do, great. Um, and then number three, what is my next step? So your next step could be, I'm already, I'm already doing a list of serving opportunities. Um, and that's great, but man, is my heart right in that? Is my heart right in, in, in serving? Um, is my motive right? Uh, and then is it giving me life? Or maybe that next step uh, for some of you guys is, I've never, I've never really taken an opportunity to intentionally go serve. Um, and so maybe that looks like going on a missions trip next year. Um, maybe that's going to, that's going to be you guys in Cabo next year or in the DR next, next summer, or maybe it's serving in the mountain here at church, or maybe it's broader than the church. Maybe it's, uh, you guys going and asking a teacher, Hey, how can I help you? How can I serve, um, you guys, or how can I serve, uh, or how can you serve your parents? Maybe it's washing the dishes. Yeah. Washing the dishes that can help them help your parents out. So, Guys, in, in view of, of, of everything we looked at, so as, as, as Paul says in the beginning of Romans, in view of everything that Christ has done, the way that he has been a servant to us, we know that we are called to serve God and, and serve others, and, and the motive is love. Man, and what does that produce in us? It should give us life. It should give life to those around us. And so that's what I want to leave you guys with today is just that, that, that serving, I pray that it would be life-giving for you guys. All right, let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for um, the way that you have sent your son Jesus to, to be uh, the supreme example of the way that you have served us. Um, that you ultimately sent your son to die on the cross for us, and your love is motive, and we want to, we want to uh, reflect that as well. And I pray that in our hearts that we would uh, really come to the conclusion that, that serving others is life-giving, that it gives life to others by the way that we can see um, their need being met and the way that, um, that we're able to invest our gifts as a way to build up the body. Um, so, Lord, we just pray this in, in your name, and we ask for just a good, fun, and safe rest of the night. Um, and, God, just pray that you um, would be, continue to be with us as we know that you are, and that our hearts would be um, seeking you daily. Pray this in your name. Amen.